Welcome to the Greg Varner and Associates Podcast. I'm your host, JC Fisher. With more than 20 years of legal experience, we strive to seek justice, love mercy, and walk humbly. It's our goal to keep listeners informed on legal issues affecting our communities and your life, liberty, and property. The information provided on this podcast does not constitute legal advice. All content is for general informational purposes only. Listeners should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter. Visit our website at www.gregvarnerlaw.com. Welcome to episode two of the Greg Varner and Associates podcast. So today we're going to be talking about expungements, and I'm here with my friend, colleague, and coworker, Tyler Sims. Hey, everybody. My name's Tyler. I'm an associate attorney here at Greg Varner and Associates. I've been here three years now. I'm from a little town outside of Daytona Beach, Florida. Went to school over in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I'm now practicing here in Alabama. I'm at the main office of ours over in Clay County. But as JC's probably said on these podcasts before, we kind of operate all over the all over the state. So for the listeners who don't know, our firm practices a significant amount of criminal defense. And an expungement is an opportunity to have part of your record sealed or destroyed, making the record essentially non-existent or available to the public. Now, some of you may be thinking... Why would you want to do that? And you may not think it's important, but we do, and let me tell you why. Generally, judicial records are public records, and they're available for public inspection. This means that pretty much anyone can access records or information about charges against an individual, even if those charges were erroneously filed or dismissed by the state. Obviously, this can have an effect on potential employment, or the ability to volunteer. So that's two major reasons why expungements are so important and why we want to talk about them today. What are some other benefits of expungements? So the the main one, obviously, would be um, employment opportunities. Um, Your record here in Alabama and in pretty much every state is public. So anytime you go in for an application, they ask you, have you ever been convicted or charged with a crime? You write your answer down, and they're always going to pull your public record and see whether or not you know, you've been charged with any crimes. And whether or not that charge ended up being dismissed, you ended up being found not guilty, or they were just baseless charges, it's still going to show up on your criminal history record. And that employer is going to have this idea about you that may or you know, may not be true. So that's the main one. Um, and as JC said earlier, volunteer work, chaperoning for your kids, uh, field trips, anything, it, this, it comes up. Um, and what I've seen over the last three years of doing it in practice and just five years of doing it generally, there is this, this stigma that follows people, especially when they're convictions, but even if they're just charges, you get approached by the police and you get put in handcuffs, that follows you. You know that it's on your public record, and it just it's a burden on people. And having that taken off their public record, I've seen it, it just relieves a, a very big burden and stigma on, on individuals' lives. So once you have a charge or a conviction expunged, does the person have to disclose the charge or conviction on their employment application? No, um, it is as though it is never there. And so, um, although it's not a it's not a full, like if it's a conviction, although it's not a full pardon or something of that nature, and we'll get to that a little bit later, 
Yeah, if you are on a, if you get something expunged and it's taken off your criminal record, you do not need to disclose that in everyday normal job opportunities. Now, there are some exceptions there, like if you're applying for law enforcement positions or something in the government, there may be some exceptions there about what you need to disclose and not disclose. But for normal everyday job applications, you do not need to disclose that. So as of July 1st, 2021, there were revisions to the Alabama expungement law and those changes went into effect and presented new opportunities for defendants and those charged and convicted of certain crimes. Now, the new law is cited as a very long name. (laughs) It's the Record Expungement Designated Enhancement Employment and Eliminate Recidivism Act, otherwise known as the Redeemer Act. Thank God they had an acronym for it. Now, previously, charges for nonviolent and non-sex offenses could be expunged if the charge had been dismissed, no build by the grand jury, or dropped after a defendant successfully completed a pretrial diversion program. Those pretrial diversion programs could include programs like drug court, some type of alcohol classes, uh, a court referral program, and then at the end or completion of that program, the charge would be dismissed. Also, if a defendant was acquitted by a jury at trial, after 90 days, you could get the acquitted charge expunged. Under the old expungement law, convictions could not be expunged, correct? That is correct, yes. So under the new Redeemer Act, what can be expunged now? Sure, Um, so definitely some changes that that have been made. Um, For instance, we had a murder case here at this firm approximately two years ago. The case was dismissed. Um, However, for the last two years, he's had a murder charge on his record, even though charges have been completely dismissed against him. Under the old act, because that was a violent offense, we couldn't get that expunged. Under the new um, Redeemer Act, because it was a dismissal, he can now get that expunged. It's now been off his record for approximately six months. Um, So those are the big things as far as dismissals go. Um, Also, you can now get one felony conviction expunged from your record and two misdemeanor convictions expunged from your record. Um, There are certain requirements there. For instance, for misdemeanors, um, again, those convictions have to be nonviolent convictions. They have to be non-sex cases. And you have to wait three years after your conviction on misdemeanors and you can get those expunged. For the felonies, not much has changed there, to be honest with you. So you can now get, again, non-violent and non-sexual felonies expunged as long as they're not offenses of moral turpitude, which those are going to be like your biggins, you know, like your trafficking cases, your child porn cases are going to be those. Um, You still do have to go under the new act and get a pardon from the Board of Pardons and Paroles and the governor's office if it's a state case, which doesn't change everything all that much. But if you go get a pardon, you can now get those felonies taken off your record under the new act. And that's for if if you have a conviction only. Those are only convictions. Yes, ma'am. Now, what about DUIs? Are DUIs included in the new expungement law? No, they are not. So any major traffic offense convictions, that being DUIs, uh, attempting to elude, like reckless drivings, vehicular homicides, things of that nature, those types of convictions are exempted. They cannot be expunged under the new, new statute. Got it. Got it. So I want to name off some of those crimes of moral turpitude. 
These are the ones we see pretty often that I want to name just so listeners know. Robbery, forgery, aggravated theft by deception, burglary, aggravated child abuse, certain assaults, kidnapping in the first degree and the second degree, rape, sodomy, manslaughter. So yeah, those are just some examples of crimes of moral turpitude. Now, low-level drug offenses, property offenses, uh, nonviolent, non-sex, non-DUI crimes. Can you give some examples of what those charges and convictions would look like? Sure. I mean, it could be anything. It could be possession of marijuana, that being just simple possession of a, you know, a blunt or just a small amount of marijuana. It can be um, unlawful possession of a controlled substance, that any kind of controlled substance, that being methamphetamines or anything under that code. Um, Anything that isn't going to reach the level of like distribution, anything under that. So just personal use possession and like paraphernalia cases, if you have any kind of syringes or things of that nature used to use drugs, those are the kind of small drug possession cases we're talking about. Absolutely. And and when it comes to theft, we're referring to low level property offenses like third degree theft, fourth degree theft, anything less than $1,500 worth of items that were stolen, and then also receiving stolen property. Now, what about a common one, maybe not so much in Alabama, but potentially at the beach, public intoxication? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely one of those that can be expunged. And it's one of those where, I mean, you're going to find a lot of people that just have those kind of things on their records, right? And so, yes, those are definitely one of those that are expungible, even convictions. Um, And a lot of times you'll get those, like if you're down on the beach, you'll get those in like the little city courts. Those are still expungible, even though they're in city court and not, you know, full state courts. Let's talk about some of the additional requirements under the Redeemer Act and limitations that have been imposed on expungements. Yeah, sure. So so we'll talk about like misdemeanors first. So now that we can expunge two misdemeanor convictions off of somebody's record. There's a couple things we have to make sure are taken care of before we do that. For instance, on misdemeanor convictions, a couple things have to be met. First off, if you are placed on any kind of probation for your offense, you have to make sure that you've completed all of your probation requirements. That being paying off all your court costs, paying off all your supervision fees. Um, You've completed your probation and done all your supervision time. Um, Sometimes those supervision fees and court cost fees can be remitted via other motions that are filed by your attorney doing your expungement, but those have to be wiped out and completed before so. On convictions for misdemeanors, we do have to wait three years from the date of your conviction before you're eligible for an expungement. It can't be, again, it can't be a violent offense, it can't be a sex offense, and it can't be anything involving moral turpitude, which again won't happen all that much on misdemeanors, but those are going to be your biggins. And it can't be a serious traffic offense. So as long as you meet all of those, all of those check marks, you're set to file an expungement petition for a misdemeanor. A little bit more on felonies, um, and personally, it's where I have a little bit of a problem with the Redeemer Act, but I won't go into too much detail with that. As far as felony convictions, same thing. If you were placed on any kind of probation or in a felony, potentially any kind of parole situations. You have to complete everything you have to do under probation, all supervision costs and court costs, any restitution that may have occurred under the case as well, if it was a theft case or there's any damage done. In addition to those, you have to go and get a certificate of pardon from the, it's the governor's office, but essentially the Board of Pardons and Paroles. 
you have to make sure that all of your civil and political rights, such as your right to vote, your right to bear firearms, those have to be fully restored to you, which is normally done through the pardon process. We have to wait 180 days from the day you actually get your pardon. And so once your pardon's done and 180 days pass, we can actually then go file for the expungement at that point in time. And all the other uh, things we've talked about as far as exceptions apply to felonies as well. One thing that I do like about the new Redeemer Act, uh, in addition to, to some other changes, are the costs and fees associated with filing these expungements. I remember a couple years ago, we did an expungement where there were you know, four or five different charges related to the same arrest. Mm -hmm. And at the time, we had to charge $300 per charge, that's what the filing fees were at the time, for them to file these expungements. And so even though there was just one event, and we've seen, what, 10 charges come out of one event sometimes, you had to pay $300 per charge. Now it is $500 per arrest, even with multiple charges. And so that allows defendants to spend a little less money. Obviously, most people are seeking expungement so that they can obtain gainful employment. And so it's good that they can save a little bit of money to get that second chance so that they can be gainfully employed or volunteer or um, do some of those other things we talked about. Tyler, tell us a little bit about the general process to get an expungement. What does it look like from the time the person comes in to our office and says, you know, I, I want my record expunged, I'm looking to go work wherever? Sure. First and foremost, um, we'd get a copy of your criminal history from what we, we use as Alicorp, which is the public records. We get a copy of that and first just determine whether or not you're eligible. If an attorney at this office find that, finds that you're eligible, we move on to the next steps. In order to file, um, you have to do a couple things first. So you have to go to get a copy of your fingerprints, which normally can be done at your local law enforcement office, either sheriff's office or police department. And we have to get a certified criminal history record from the Alabama Department of Law Enforcement, ALEA, Alabama Law Enforcement Agency. And so that's $25 to get your report there, and it's like $5 to get your fingerprints will get a copy of any identification you have that can be a passport it can be an Alabama driver's license so that we can include that in our petition once we get all that information we prepare the petition and then we have to serve that petition on a couple people so we have to serve the petition on the district attorney that handled the case or the district attorney's office any law enforcement agencies that were part of the arrest which again, it can be like the sheriff, it can be um, the Alabama Department of Public Safety or ALEA, or it can be a police department. And we have to serve a copy on like the circuit clerk's office. Once all that is done, there's some, some ambiguity in the law about how much time needs to be had here, but the district attorney, I normally give them about 40 days. They have 40 days to go talk to their victims if they wanna to talk to their victims or file an objection. They don't file an objection within 40 days. Normally we'll then request for the petition to be granted. And normally it gets granted on those little, you know, dismissals and things of that nature. And I will, I will say too, as far as the court having discretion, as long as it is a dismissed case, not something as far as a conviction, your first expungement on a dismissal is, uh, it's a shall. And so if you have one case on, on your record and it is a dismissal, the court has to has to grant that as long as we abide by all of the necessary requirements in the law. 
The court then has further discretion to decide if he wants to grant any more in the future. But that first one on a dismissal is mandatory. And that's good to know because there are a lot of people who may not have convictions, but they do have charges. It always bothered me about Alabama just that you could see the charges in a la court, even yeah, yeah. if they were dismissed or dropped from the very beginning, not even necessarily an acquittal. And uh, it, it really, I think this is justice, which is obviously what we pursue at this firm. Yeah. Um, it's justice for people who have not been convicted of crimes, who are innocent until proven guilty, to have those charges released from their records. So I think that's great that the first expungement, you know, for a charge, if it's dismissed, they're automatically going to grant it. Yes. And I, and I mean, I remember when I was in law school, I got a, a homicide expunged off of this little old lady's record. She had to be like 92. And when she was 16, she got charged with homicide. Um, it was found to be complete and utterly self-defense and it was dropped. Prosecutor dropped it um, outright. But for the last whatever math that is, 70 years of her life, she's had a homicide, first-degree homicide, on her record her entire life. Wow. And it just, it, it affected everything for her. I mean, she'd go and apologize, you know, apply for a job, and they pull up a record, which is a lot easier to do in Tennessee, mind you. The first thing that pop up was first-degree murder. And so, it, although the legislature, you know, gets around and saying that it's not a punishment, putting it on the records, it's merely administrative and things of that nature... It, it's a punishment. Right. I mean, it, it, it even if it might not be intended to be so, it punishes the community and it punishes people that may have not committed any crime whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, people don't want to believe it, but charges do erroneously get filed. And there are people who are innocent that are even convicted of crimes, unfortunately. It's not a perfect judicial system, but, you know, this is, this is another opportunity to kind of fix those wrongs. And I'll say, too, um, talking about the like the fees, I, I urge anybody listening to the podcast to not let that $500 number discourage you. Go see an attorney to at least know if you're eligible, um, knowing that's your first step. If you are truly having a hard time financially, the law also states that if you are found indigent by the court, the court has the ability, and in fact it says that he shall, waive that $500 filing fee and let you do this for free. And so anybody listening, just don't let that deter you. Uh, make a phone call if you have a criminal record and you need to see if it's expungible. Just make that phone call. Absolutely. So I think we covered a lot of really helpful information and detailed information for purposes of this podcast. Um, the Redeemer Act does have its flaws, as you would agree. Yes. But it is an, a good opportunity and a good change uh, that will allow some defendants to get some relief. We're going in the right direction. Yes, we're going in the right direction. And we think that's important. That sticks with our firm values. You know, seek justice, love mercy, walk humbly. So we hope that you all will consider talking to people you know, or if you need your record expunged, pursuing that avenue. Tyler, any parting remarks? Um, no, just uh, thanks for having me, and I'm happy to be here and happy to be helping the citizens of Alabama get some of their criminal convictions and charges expunged. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Music from this podcast is provided by Luke Holt from Coletta Valley. This song is called Stare at the Dark. Listen to Coletta Valley on Spotify and Apple Music. Do you have a legal issue you'd like us to cover? Send episode suggestions to our Instagram at Greg Varner Law or on Facebook at Gregory Varner and Associates. 
check out our website at www.gregfarnerlaw.com.